talk, and so we want to uh, welcome you, first of all, to the Healing School. It's great to have all of you here from Campus Days this week, and uh, some of our regulars that are here as well for the Healing School. Every Thursday afternoon, we're here at 1 o'clock, and we start off with a time of worship, and then we have some teaching, and today we're going to be blessed with a four-person panel that we're going to be taking questions and uh, kind of a real casual inner interlude between us uh, addressing healing issues. So uh, I know you're going to be blessed. And for those of you who are watching online, we just want to welcome you today to our healing school. Uh, this is actually when we began our healing school a year ago was during campus day. So we are officially one year old and we're going to be having our, our birthday, our healing school birthday party actually next week. So next Thursday, uh, Andrew is going to be speaking for us, and we're going to be having uh, birthday cake and ice cream afterwards in the break room, and we're going to be throwing a party and thanking God for all that he's doing. Amen? God is good. So why don't you stand and greet somebody, and then we're going to jump into a time of worship and just honor the Lord this afternoon and thank him because he is our healer. Amen? Never ever have 
Hallelujah. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Amen. Amen. Stop. 
everybody say nobody. 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 Nothing. Nothing. No how. No how. Can ever stand against. Never stand against. High five somebody say, if God's for you, who God can be against you? Thank you, Lord, for your overcoming power. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
thank you, Lord, that your name is far above every other name this afternoon. Your name is higher than any sickness or disease. We exalt your name in us today, Lord God. Let it be lifted higher. Higher than any arrow that the enemy would try to throw. Greater. Stronger.
praise the name above every name this afternoon. Amen. If he's the king of kings, then he has absolute all authority. Because we've submitted our hearts to him, that means his rule, his reign, his authority is in us and operates through us this afternoon. Amen. King of kings, king of kings. Lord of lords means that his name is above every name. There's not a single name. doesn't matter how scary it sounds when the doctor speaks it to you. this afternoon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. This is Ashley Teradez, and Ashley's coming to lead us in a time of giving of our offerings. Praise the Lord. Welcome him as he comes. Welcome to Healing School. This is Caris Bible College Healing School. We meet every Thursday at 1 p.m. And uh, we're so glad you're here. All you people that are visiting for the first time, thanks for coming out. All the people online. We have hundreds of people, or households, I should say, every week watch us uh, live streaming. So when you go back to your home state, 1 p.m. Thursday afternoon, you can uh, join in the healing service uh, live streaming. I guess that's uh, 3 o'clock East Coast, 2 o'clock Central, and 12 noon if you're um, on the West Coast. So you're welcome to, to, uh, to join us and watch it. If you can't watch it live, we also have all these services archived. So you can go on uh, charisbiblecollege.org and you can uh, watch these services. Um, they're archived there so you can watch them time and time again. And they're all free, praise God. You don't have to pay a penny. So we're w- welcome. We're glad you're here. This is Andrew Womack Ministries headquarters. It's also the headquarters of Caris Bible College. We have a Bible school here from 8 a.m. till uh, noon every day and then also in the evening from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. If you're local, we'd love you to come and visit. We're also in the middle of our Campus Day um, conference. And uh, during Campus Days, you can... Uh, during campus days, you can come and visit. It's on tonight 
um, from 7 p.m. And it's also on tomorrow morning from 8 until noon. You're very welcome to come and visit us. And that's a free conference as well. You can come and visit us. So praise God. Uh, during uh, Healing School, we give you an opportunity to give financially. There's no pressure to give, but if you felt led to give, um, the money you're going to give today is going to go to the Student Mission Fund. We send missionaries around the world every year. Every student that comes to this Bible school has to go on a mission trip. And we send them all over the world. Um, they take care of people's physical needs and spiritual needs. We, we do feeding programs. And they, they do uh, shoes for people who have no shoes, clothing programs. And they also preach the gospel and preach the grace message. Pray for people, see people healed. We had a team go to Uganda, I believe it was. And um, they saw around 100 people healed in one hospital. Just get up and leave the hospital, praise God. So we're, we're amen. We're regularly seeing, amen. We're regularly seeing miracles on the mission field. So if you want to sow into these students as they go on the mission field, then you're welcome to give in this offering. Uh, if you need an envelope, our ushers have got envelopes, and they'll give you an envelope. You need an envelope if you want receipted for tax um, purposes, for cash giving, or if you want to give by debit or credit card, you can grab an envelope. Your checks can be made payable to Caris Bible College or CBC. So if you need an envelope, just hold your hands up, and the ushers will get you an envelope. So checks payable to Caris Bible College or CBC. And uh, I just want to make this statement, you know, where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. God does not tell you to do something and then go, oh man, how am I going to get finances to them now? I've told them to move across the country to come to Carrie's Bible College. They're there now in Colorado Springs and I forgot to have a plan for their, for their provision. How many of you know that's not like our God, is it? Where God guides, he provides. And when you enter into the will of God, the provision is there. It may not always be there before you, but it'll be right there with you, okay, or following you. Where God guides, he provides. We, we, uh, we started Bible school in England, and then we felt like coming out here to finish our Bible college to America. And I believe God led us to do this. It wasn't a, you know, a, a big word across, you know, written across the sky, or it wasn't like a... You know, an angel come and appeared to me. We just had a desire to come to Bible school out here. Me and my wife had a desire. So if you have a desire to come to Bible college, I guarantee that's God. But we had a desire to come to Bible school. So we said, we're going to move from England to America, come to Bible school. And we didn't have a plan financially. Now, I went to speak to my, some of my church leaders, and I told them that we're going to move to America. You know, we're not going to be able to have an income. When our expenses are going to about double. Income's going to go down. We're going to get some um, residual income from some things. But basically, our income's going to go down. Our expense is going to go up. And um, they were very encouraging to me. There was laughter. <laughs> and pointing. You're going to do what? <laughs> You're never going to make it. That's not very encouraging. But we held on to the fact that, you know what? God had called us to come here. So God was going to provide. And just a quick story to illustrate that. We came over here. We just had suitcases. Um, I've told this story before, some of you may have heard this, but we turned up with suitcases, we had to find somewhere to rent, so we looked in the paper and we found somewhere to rent by owner, I went to see the owner, he said, have you got any uh, wage, you know, pay slips or anything, I said, no, I haven't got a job, he said, have you got any credit, you got a credit report, I said, no, I've got no credit in America, he said, okay, I said, look, I can tell you two things, I said, I'm a landlord myself, I promise you, I won't wreck your house, and I promise you, I'll pay the rent on time, he said, well, that's all I'm bothered about, he said, you've got a deal, so, we moved into his house, empty house. I mean, no furniture at all. So this is about, I don't know, six or seven o'clock at night by now. I said to Carly, we need to, we need to you know, we're going to go to bed tonight. We've got to think about what we're going to do here. We've got bare floors. So we got, we got three kids, by the way. Um, Zachary, my oldest boy, and then I've got a, a boy called Joshua, and then a little girl called Hannah. Some of you may have seen Hannah's story on the healing journey. So anyway, we set off in the car. We found this big store. I said, what's this? 
Walmart. Walmart. This looks like a big store, a one-stop shop. That's what we need right now. So we get in there, and we start thinking about what we're going to do. Well, we need to, we're going to have to get a bed, so we need beds. So I said, well, they don't sell beds. Maybe we could just buy air beds and sleeping bags. We'll tell the kids we're camping just for a few days till we sort some furniture out. Kids thought this was a great idea. Then we're going to get up and we're going to have a shower, so we're going to need towels, towels. And we're going to need toiletries, toiletries. We're going to, then we're going to put coffee on. We need a coffee pot. It's amazing to think how much stuff you need when you're in an empty house. We brought about, I think it was about 18 pieces of luggage with us total. About, I don't know, 10 or 15 of these big suitcases we brought over. And that's all we had. We had like 18 pieces of luggage. About 16 of them were filled with kids' toys. So we didn't have much stuff. I'm just saying, that's all we had. So we're going around Walmart filling these carts up with things. I'm like, then what are we going to do? Then we're going to eat. We need some saucepans and some mugs. And it was awesome. We filled this, these, I think we had two carts in the end, filled up with stuff. It's about 9 o'clock at night. Kids are tired. We're ready to go back to our empty house. We're on our own. No one to help us. We haven't met anyone yet. So we get in line at the checkout. Now... I spoke to my bank before I came here, and they said, you can use your English debit card, no problem, in America. I'd given this landlord guy all my cash, because he's like, he's like, I need like a, a month and a half deposit. How much you got? I said, I got like 500 bucks. He's like, that'll have to do, because I didn't have a bank account here. We just landed, remember? So all I got is my English debit card. That's it. And it had worked a few times. We got gas and a few other things of it, so it had worked. So I took this English debit card, and she took it, and she swiped it, and she said, it's been declined. And I said, then, you know, great man of faith I am. You know, never doubt or waver. I went, try that again, please, man, if you would. <laughs> Two carts full of stuff, kids crying, wife looking very worried. I'm smiling, fake smile. Like, it's going to be okay. On the inside, I'm thinking, it's over, buddy. <laughs> I mean, that's it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so anyway, we tried it again, denied. She said, have you, got, you know, have you got a backup plan? I said, I'll, I'll try the ATM. She said, okay, I'll hold everything. So I went over to the ATM, and I put it in, and I pressed the number, and it came up, declined. And Carly said, have you got a backup plan? I said, of course I've got a backup plan. I'll just wait there. I said, dear Lord. <laughs> I, said, I said, if you make money, come out of this machine. I'll read my Bible every day. I'll pray every day, please. I won't kick the cat anymore. I, I mean, I'm please. I'll do anything. Denied. I was like, oh. So I come back. I can see the horror on my face. Like, oh, Jesus. And you know what? I was thinking, God called us here. He knew this was going to happen. Why would he leave us in this situation where we was basically, you know, done for? So the woman said, why don't you phone your bank? I said, it's the middle of the night in England. That's not going to work. I can't phone my bank. She said, well, you just have to come back tomorrow then, won't you, and pick it up. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> so just at that point, when I was like, Lord, what are you doing to me? This lady come through the crowd. She was actually an employee here um, of AWM. She actually works now in Hong Kong. She's doing a uh, Hong Kong Caris Bible College. And she said, I know you. She said, you're Hannah's dad. I was like, praise the Lord. It's always good. You get a DVD, it can cover you sometimes. Awesome. Praise the Lord. But that's my girl. This is Hannah. Look. So she said, do you need some help? I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, I was down the other end of Walmart, which, you know, it's like a mile away. She only had like a pint, you know, a gallon of milk. But she said, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to get out of the express line, come down here where all the big lines are with the carts, because there's someone needs needs your help. So I said, I need your help. Praise the Lord. She said, well, let me lend you the money. So she swiped her credit card, paid for the shopping. We went home smiling. I never doubted once. And it's like, never doubted God's provision. I was walking out there. Bless God, man of faith right here. 
Within, uh, I think, I think the next day, I, anyway, I got the card. I said to the, the bank, I said, well, it's suspicious use. You was in America. I said, I was told you I was going to America. They said, yeah, we felt it was suspicious, so we just blocked it. I said, well, don't do that again. So anyway, they released it. I got the cash out. I came to the ministry here. I put it in an envelope. I didn't know her last name. I just knew her name was Carol, so I wrote Carol on the envelope, left it in here. About two or three weeks later, she calls me. She said, did you ever get your credit? Because it's a lot of money. How many of you know? This is, a big, this is a big checkout. She said, did you ever get that credit card fixed? I said, yeah, I gave you the money. Did you not get it? She said, no. And I'm thinking, oh, no. How many Carols work here? Got this envelope. A load of cash in it. Woohoo, I'm blessed. But thankfully, they found it and she got it, so it was all good. But my point is this where God provides, he's, where God guides, He provides. God does not call you to do something without giving you provision to do it. Like I said, it might not be there early ahead of you. Sometimes it's there just as you arrive, but it's there. Sometimes you have to seek it out. Sometimes you're going to have to take that job you don't want to take. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to do things. You're going to live in a house smaller than you want to live in to start with. But where God guides, he provides. Listen to him and he'll show you what to do and he'll provide for you. He doesn't want his kids poor. How many of you got kids here? Okay, amen. How many of you want your kids to, to be suffering and to be poor? No, God wants to provide for us. He's a good, loving dad. He's got good things for us and he wants to provide for us. So if God's calling you, I don't know what God's calling you to. I know some of you, God's calling you to come here. Don't worry, okay? In, in, uh, I believe it's Mark 4.19. It says, the cares of this world choke the word. If you've got to worry about how, how your provision is going to be made, it's going to choke the word in your life. So don't worry about your provision. Start thanking God. Say, God, I thank you that you're going to provide for me. And then ask him, what do I do, Lord? Do I need to look for a job? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Be open. But start thanking God that he will provide for you, okay? He will not, he will not leave you stranded. He will provide for you, praise God. And our giving is just proof that we believe that. Our giving is just putting faith in that promise saying God I'm giving to you because I know that you're going to provide for me I trust you you're my father I trust you and this is our actions if you like to our faith this is our works to our faith saying God I trust you with my finances today if you've never trusted God with your finances now's the time to do it start trusting God with your finances because he can look after you better than you can look after you amen so let's give him faith today let's take up the offering father God I thank you that you where you guide you provide And I thank you for every single one of us here today. Whatever you've called us to do, wherever you've called us to go, where your word is, your provision is. Where you guide us, you provide for us. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to worry about our provision, but we can trust you and you will lead us and guide us and provide for us when we need it, where we need it. So we give him faith today, Lord, knowing that you're a good God. You give good gifts to your children. And we give him faith knowing that this money is blessed back to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can receive the offering. Carly. Amen. All right, I'm going to tell you the end of the story now. You know, the next morning when we got home, we got all this stuff, and we woke up in the morning having had this uh, adventure the night before, and we bought cereal. We thought, cereal for breakfast, you know, feed the hungry, feed the kids, otherwise there'll be mutiny in the ranks. So we'll feed them some cereal. So we got the cereal out of the cupboard, and we got the milk out, and then we realized we have no bowls. So... So I said to the kids, don't worry, rip the top off the cereal packet, just pour the milk right in and pass the box around, it'll be fine. So, you know, there's always provision. Sometimes it's not in the form that you can imagine, but it's always there anyway. So <laughs> I've got so many good things to share with you today. But before I do that, in your Campus Days packet, if you're a Campus Days visitor, you should find a healing school. There's a white sheet in there. Or maybe you were handed one on the door as you came in. And there's a few statements there that we'd just like you to, to read and then a signature, your autograph at the bottom. Has it, oh, maybe they're green, actually. Some of them are green, some of them are white. So if you have one of those and you haven't handed them in yet, just wave it in the air. There we go. And the ushers can run around and collect them for me. Wonderful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my ushers 
work now. Run, run, you'd have to hold them really high, wave as unto the Lord. Perfect. And then they'll collect them. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, we have a few things to give away today. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be obedient to the Lord because he asked me to share a scripture with you and I don't like to be disobedient much. So, so sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. But I just feel this is for somebody. So I'm going to share this. This is in Isaiah 54, or Isaiah, as you Americans say. Um, one Isaiah is higher than the other. That's bad, isn't it? Um, Isaiah 54, and this is um, verse 17. It says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, sickness and disease is a weapon formed against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's doomed. For in every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You have a part to play in fighting this fight. Amen? You have, a, you have a part to play. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. How many of you know, when you got born again, you entered into the family. You became born again and in, adopted into his family. Health and wealth are part of your inheritance. You are the righteous, and every weapon formed against you, your mouth shall condemn. Amen. There's a part to play for you in that. And if you read down into chapter 55, into verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. You know, God's given you his word. His word is that you're going to live long and prosper. Amen. And it needs to be spoken out of your mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. So when you're coming forward for prayer at the end, well, you know what? Even as you're sitting in your seat, you can receive everything that God has for you, and it can come by the words of your mouth. Healing is for today, and it's for everyone. Amen. Somebody needs to know that. All righty. So we're going to get through some, some things we've got to give away here. Um, today we're going to have a bit, bit different. You may notice some couches appearing behind me. Ta-da! That's amazing. Actually, I quite like these couches. I might take them home with me. Um, you know, we're going to have a bit of a different, different, different setup than we normally do. We're going to have a panel. We did this back in January, and it was kind of fun. We've got some um, questions and things that people ask us. They email us in. They call us. They, um, they write us. Um, and so we're going to get through some questions and answers, just typical things that come up in the area of healing. So we're going to have a panel of myself and Daniel and Ashley and, and Pastor Greg Moore there. And so I mean, that's going to be in a moment, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Greg Moore's actually written this book. It's called Your Healing Door, 12 Keys That Can Unlock Healing for You and Those You Love. You know, there's more than one way to receive your healing. Praise God. God knows we're all different and we all receive differently. Even Jesus ministered every t- differently every time he ministered. He didn't mis- minister the same time every time because people are different. And so God's provided m- multiple ways for us to receive from him. He hasn't just limited himself. And, and Greg explains these. Th- there's tw- I think there's 12 chapters in this book, right? And each one explains a different way. This is a powerful little book. So who would like this? If you're a visitor here, okay, not our students, if you're a visitor here today, you can go and thank you. I've got more than one, actually, so you can, you want to take that one with you? Great. Oh, my goodness, they're running. All righty. And just so, no, no pressure. 
See, ask and you shall receive. The knock and the door shall be opened. There we go. All right. So, and just so that we don't, um, we don't leave out our online viewers. Hello, online viewers. You're very welcome. Um, you know, we want to we wanna give them the opportunity to be able to join in our giveaways. And Greg has kindly donated five copies of his book that he will, will mail out to the first five people that email in with this um, email address. It's gregmore at awmi.net. That is G-R-E-G-M-O-H-R. Not that one. Ignore that one. This is a different one. Gregmore. It's G-R-E-G-M-O-H-R at awmi.net. Can you get that one up? Maybe. And if you put in the subject line, Healing Door Book, and obviously include there your, uh, your mailing address, because we know we can't just send it out in faith and hope someone receives it. We need a mailing address to return it to you. We'll get that sent out to you. And that's, that's from Greg himself. So we thank Greg for that. Um, and normally I give away books, but this time I'm going to give away a DVD. And the reason that this one is special to me is because my daughter's on it. This is Healing Journeys, Volume 1, and it says five true stories that inspire hope and build faith. These are five testimonies. Hey there. No pressure. My goodness. Oh, no, that's not fair. Look, you're all cute, and you're all sitting there. Look. These are, these are five testimonies on here of people that have been through healing journeys. And we call them a journey, you know, because it, that's exactly what it is. Everybody at some, at some point in here was in a desperate situation and now they're living victorious and healthy. And you can too. That's the truth. These are real people. And the reason I can testify to that is because I'm on it. Okay? And I'm here to tell the tale. And my daughter now, actually this week, tomorrow is the 16th, right? It will be the anniversary. She'll be six years to the day that she was healed. Isn't that good? Amen. She was, given, she was given just a short time, maybe a week to live, and we, uh, we came to a conference, and for the first time we met a man called Andrew Momack that believed that it was God's will for her to be well. And when we prayed and we agreed, we knew from that moment that she was well. And um, the, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, it's on here, but anyway, she's nine years old today, and we've, we've enjoyed six years that we never thought we'd have, so praise God. You can hand that up. All righty. Oh my goodness, oh, the pressure, the pressure. Okay, and you know what, we have good things happen at healing school every week. And is, um, is Tanera here? Where are you? Come on up. Last week we had um, some fun. Come on down. Tanera's a second year student here. And uh, she's got quite a story to tell. She was doing something crazy and fell over on the ice, is that right? Yeah, All right, she... And, and, and something dramatic, come up, can you come up here? Because you're short like me, they might not see you, then they complain. So t- tell us what happened to you. Um, is that, that's all right. <laughs> um, well, I actually just slipped on the ice one day, and little and be announced, I shattered my fibula, which is my ankle bone. And uh, so that wasn't fun. Ouch. Yeah. What did the doctor say? Well, um, checked it out with the doctor, and the doctor said that I needed surgery, which is about $20,000, and it would take six weeks to three months for it to completely heal. Yeah. And I couldn't go on my Germany missions trip. So I got angry. <laughs> so the first week, because it was so swollen, they um, had put a soft cast on it, said they couldn't do anything else to it until the swelling went down. So since I was at home, I just started getting into the Word and just listening to Scripture and listening to Andromic and different teachers that teach on healing, going through those CDs and just quoting Scripture the whole week. And I knew that I knew that God was going to make it 
a quick healing. Um, and so we went back to the doctor the next week. I had a friend come with me who was here, and we looked at the x-rays, and the shattered bone actually all came together into like one piece. It just wasn't fused yet, but it was together. And the doctor was like, well, okay, no surgery now, but you just need to have a cast for like six weeks. They were going to put pins in it before then, right? Right. They were going to put pins in it and all sorts of horrible things, yes. Um, yeah. Then you came to healing school. Then what happened? Yes, yeah, so I came to healing school totally expecting to receive my healing. I had declared, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to get it, I'm done with this. And um, so. Tell them how you came to healing school. How I came? Oh, I was in a wheelchair um, because. <laughs> <We just forgot. laughs> the wheelchair part. Um, I was not allowed to walk or put any pressure on my ankle. Also, because of the way it was broken, it wouldn't hold my weight without extreme pain. Um, so the doctor had me on all sorts of pills and Vicodin and everything. But um, so I came in a wheelchair and was just sitting there and just, you know, just in praise and worship, just focused on God and focused on the greatness of God and the fact that I've already got it and now it's time to just walk in it. And um, so when it came time for the prayer, I was super expectant because I really wanted that and was ready for it. And so I came up and they prayed for me and I was like, okay, I can walk now. <laughs> so so that, that wasn't quite the whole story, okay, because she did tell me that she came so expectant to receive healing that she put her pair of tennis shoes in the car. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I okay. tennis shoes in the car. Yeah, which, you know, that's kind of setting yourself up for success right there, isn't it? That's planning for your healing. Yes. You know, faith plans for the future. Faith does not consider the alternative. She hadn't considered staying in that wheelchair for six weeks and pictured herself going through $20,000 worth of surgery. Praise God. So she came expectant, and I believe that was a big part of this. And then they prayed for you, and after prayer you stood in it, and then what did you do? Uh, then I had them take the cast off. So I had my, in here, here. yeah, I had my friend who has a lot of experience in that and we worked it and we got the cast off and I just started walking without it, put my tennis shoe on and I was good. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. And how long, how long ago did you, did you have the accident? Uh, about three weeks ago. About three weeks ago. And now she's got no cast. You just saw her. That was the reason I actually wanted you to come up the steps. Yeah, it's a little bit secretive. Back, so and she sat all the way in the back. So you can see, this is what a healed person looks like. All right? Praise God. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah. That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, and now let me introduce the birthday boy. Did you know it's Daniel Amps' birthday today? It is. Come on up. And <laughs> the, the anointed Daniel Amps' Thank you, Carly. Well, again, let me just say welcome to Healing School. We are so excited. Uh, For those of you who have have missed this at the beginning, uh, today actually, well, March the 10th last year, but during campus days last year was when we launched our Healing School publicly. We had been going through about eight weeks of uh, training our prayer ministers who were second-year students last year. And um, they went through uh, a really extensive training course because we wanted them to, number one, uh, feel ready to be able to pray for the sick. But number two, how many know that there's a lot of really stupid doctrines when it comes to healing and healing ministry? And so we wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same page and that when people came forward to receive healing, they would be able to feel safe and that it would be an environment where they would be really able to receive And so we launched that on March the 10th of last year, and it's been such a blessing to be the director of the Healing School, 
And uh, I just want to say publicly that uh, I so appreciate Ashley and Carly Terradez who have come alongside me to help me in the pioneering of this healing school and have been just a tremendous blessing. And we've had several of our faculty who have taught, including Greg Moore, who you're going to get to hear from today. Uh, Greg's been a pastor for many years and is here now on the faculty and uh, is just such a blessing. And so we've been able to really uh, receive wonderful, wonderful teaching. And as a result, you know, Bible says when you know the truth, what does the truth do? It sets you free. And so we're seeing people continually being set free. I mean, every week we're seeing healings and miracles. Amen? And it's exciting. It is awesome. And so for those of you who have come for campus days this week, we want to welcome you. Uh, We're really glad you're here. And today we've decided to do a panel. Like Carly was saying, we had done this back in January and got a lot of positive response from it to where we actually are very casual in terms of how we uh, answer questions. And uh, we want to address uh, some common uh, healing questions, if you will. Amen. Uh, everyone seems to have questions about healing and healing ministry. And so uh, that's what we're going to do today. So we are, again, really, really glad you're here. We're going to take about an hour or so to do this. And then afterwards, we'll have a time when we're laying hands on the sick. And the people who will be actually ministering the healing to you are the students who have been trained in the healing ministry. We actually now have 300 students who have gone through our training. Isn't that awesome? So we have so many healing ministers that we have to put them in rotations. We have to put them in teams and be able to minister to them that way. So uh, we're excited about that. Amen? So saying all of that to say that God is truly, truly faithful, and we are so thankful for this opportunity here at Karis Bible College to be able to bring you the healing school. Every Thursday afternoon at 1 o'clock, we're here. We're here during spring break. Uh, We're here during the summer. We're here basically all year long. And sometimes, um, you know, one day it was so, there were so few of us that I was going to ask Carly to lead the worship, but um, she wouldn't do it. So, um, you know, no, I mean, we, we literally have had uh, a very small team a couple of times last year as we were pioneering through the summer, but you were going to what? She was going to play the spoons, but I told her it would break the anointing instead of the anointing breaking the yoke. That really was bad. So, um, we are just grateful, though, because it's really been through the help of our students that we've been able to keep the healing school going. Uh, the, the students do not get any kind of school credit for this. This is not a course uh, where they're graded. It's not something that's a part of the regular curriculum. This is in addition to the 8 to noon schedule. And so these students are coming on their own time and just because of their love for the Lord and their love for people and to be able to be trained in healing ministry. And so uh, I'm just blessed by that. Every time, I, every time I see a team of students come up and begin to pray, it just absolutely absolutely blesses my heart. I feel like a proud papa, even though I can't take any credit for it. It just blesses me so much. So again, thank you, Andrew and Jamie, and thank you for uh, having this vision and for literally pioneering the way for us to be here today. Amen. How many of you, let me just ask you right now, how many of you have come expecting to receive a healing even today? Amen. Wow. Look at this, you guys. Look around. Keep your hands up for a minute, everybody. Look at this. 
That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, without any further ado, would you guys come on up on the platform and let's... Um, yeah, thank you very much. By the way, this is SK. SK is our healing school intern for this year. SK Alexander. Everybody say, thank you, SK. Amen. I love these couches. I, it's just good, you know? Yeah, it really does look good. Amen. I'm going to put this mic down. So this is, this is how we just sit around normally. An angle like that. <laughs> I'm like just take a nap. This is what natural. we wish we could do during uh, staff meetings. Amen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bring it out to the couches. That's where the anointing's at. Go. Amen. We, we, we need to uh, sing happy birthday to Daniel. I think we oh, do. Yeah. Who can sing? I'm just feeling it, don't y'all? Feeling the anointing. Amen. Y'all want to help me? All right. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daniel. Happy birthday to you. Let's give him a good hand. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you what, you know, God is so good, and I love the fact that he has given us so many ways to receive healing. As we've been studying now for about a year, what we're finding out is that there are many, many ways to receive healing. Greg talks about this in his book, The Open Door. We've also got a product table here in the auditorium at the back of the auditorium that we have every week uh, where we are making product available to you really just to help you in your journey on receiving your healing. So uh, we've got uh, DVDs back there. We've got CDs. We've got books. And the, whenever uh, the previous week is always recorded, and so that particular message is always available the next week in CD form. So if you ever miss a healing school and want to pick up last week's teaching, that's always available. So, amen. Uh, Greg, why don't we start with you, because I see you've got your book open. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about um, some of the ways that uh, God has used in your own life, maybe perhaps, or in the lives of your kids uh, you've got quite a testimony there for healing. Yeah, my um, my son Michael, uh, my second son Michael, who's uh, now Andrew's television producer. Uh, when he was uh, when he was 15 months old, he had some type of debilitating uh, arthritic muscular condition where his joints swelled up twice their size. Uh, he couldn't crawl. He couldn't walk. The doctors tagged him with some big big long name. Uh, said if it if it uh, didn't go into remission, he would never walk again, and uh, he wouldn't live past ten years old. Well, he's Andrew's he, he's Andrew's a uh, television producer today, Man. and uh, and like uh, Stephen was saying this morning, he's those part of those beautiful feet. Amen. And but what we uh, one of the things that we discovered with with uh, Michael and and I've seen this. Uh, multitudes of times, and I, and I really sense and feel this for those that are here, is that uh, I know how it is to be in a place, you guys know how that, that is to be in that place of desperation. When, when your child is, uh, is so sick that, and, there's, and there's nothing the doctors can do, that's a very helpless Situation. I, I would, I would gain and glean uh, s- strength from hearing different testimonies. Uh, 
we were going to Lakewood Church at the time, uh, or we'd heard some of the testimonies of John Osteen's daughter and uh, different different ones would testify. But it finally got to the point where, just in our individual prayer time, I said, "God, this is my baby," and I, I, you know, you've got to show me, you know, where is my, you know, I I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I believe you. I believe you love me. I believe you love Michael. But, um, you know, he's, right now he's experiencing just extreme uh, sickness and, and pain. And, and uh, so we, we, we tried everything. You know, the year before I was healed of cancer, and God told me to go have three men pray for me. And long story short, I was healed. And, you know, what I did when Michael got so sick, you guys know what I did, don't you? I went to those three men, and you know what happened? Nothing. And that was really what birthed this book is that, you know, we, I mean, my wife fasted for uh, three days, uh, and all she got was hungry. Um, you know, we, we did all, we had all kind. we went to every he, healing service and healing evangelist, and, and the Lord finally just said, uh, stop it. I don't want you to do anything. And he took me to this verse Galatians 5, 6, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith which, which works through love. And I used to read that like, um, if I, you know, if I walked in love, I would have more faith. But really the truth is, is when we rest, when we learn to rest in God's love for us, that's when faith works. And so my wife and I, we just determined we weren't going to do anything. God, you, you love Michael. You've already provided healing for him. Uh, we're not going to do anything more. We're just going to rest in your love. We're not, if, you, if you lead us to do something from faith, we'll do that. But faith works by love, so I'm not going to do anything more except out of your love. And we went to a service. Norval Hayes was there, and we went. And, and we weren't. All we were going to do is just go. And the Lord said, "I want you to go down." We went down. He laid hands on Michael and me. He went on down the line. He came back, and he grabbed, bear hugged Michael and me. Now Michael's about seventeen months old at this time, and he wept and he wept and he wept. And I'm telling you, it just broke something over us. And from that moment forward, Michael began to get uh, better. Uh, obviously, he's healed today. And I share that with you guys today because uh, I know where you are in a measure. The Lord knows where you are fully. Amen. And uh, he doesn't want you striving anymore. He wants you to stop pushing buttons, pulling faith levers, and, um, and, he, and he wants you to simply rest in his love for you, for your child, for whoever it is, you've, whoever it is in your family that needs healing. Oh, we need to stop stressing. I don't mean you don't do anything. If God leads you to do something, fine. But we're not doing something to earn his love. And, and after this happened, we've had multitudes of calls from people all over the world because our testimony went on a national 
broadcast and um and time and time again, I would tell those people the same thing. So I'm sharing with you guys today is that faith works by love. Amen. Let me tell you something. God loves you. Amen. And that means, you know what? He, he's personally acquainted with what's going on in your life. And he, he, he cares for you. Healing's already been provided. It's no problem. It's not going to bankrupt heaven. And it's right here just like it was for Tanera, just like it was for Michael. And I, it's here for you today. Amen. And I was just going to say as well, you know, God hasn't got any grandkids. If, you've, if you're in a situation where you're believing for a child, yeah. um, you know, I, for some reason I had in my mind that it was like I had to get it for my daughter. And, you know, God's, God hasn't got any grandkids. God loves your child much more than you do. And God wants your child well more than you want your child well. And, you know, did you ever find, did you ever feel, Greg, that you may have almost, it's almost like you got in the way sometimes. A God healing, Michael. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, you try to figure it out. You do everything you can. I mean, first of all, we thought, well, maybe we're, maybe we're giving him the wrong diet. You know, maybe it was, so we, so we would, we took everything out of his diet. There wasn't anything left. <laughs> you know, it was like. He was hungry. Yeah. Feed <laughs> the you, poor boy. Yeah. And, and sir, I mean, you know, because you, as a parent, you're, you're, you're desperate, you know, you do anything. Um, but then the Lord just, he basically said, stop it. And I hear him saying the same thing today. Take a chill pill. Really? Okay? I'm, God loves you. Yes? And he, he's not holding out on you. He is healing for you. And, and that's, I got in the way by just trying to figure out with my brain, what to do. And God said, you just rest in my love, son. And that's what we did to get out of the way. And when we did that, Michael was healed. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes if people have been dealing with a problem for a long time, they can get totally consumed with the physical side of things. And I know for us, when when we were um, dealing with Hannah, when she, I mean, Hannah just, she was so sick from the moment she was born until she was three and a half when she was healed. There wasn't a moment went by that that... that reality wasn't in our face that we have a child that looks like death that doesn't eat that it it was just desperate and because of that it demanded a lot of our time and attention and emotions and it just became overwhelming just all-consuming and there was a part in that where our relationship with the Lord suffered and I think you know when we weren't just studying and trying to find out what this rare condition was and becoming an expert in the medical field you know, trying to do everything we could to, to find the best doctors, the best care. And when we finally got to the end of that, of what we could do physically, of what the doctors could do for her, I suppose we turned to God at that point. And even though we were Christians, we were still behaving as the world behaved, following that pattern. And then, you know, we, was, we were still in a, in a church that told us, well, you know, if you've been through all this and your daughter's still sick, then maybe it's God's judgment on you. Maybe you, you've done something. It's, there's some hidden sin, obviously, because, you know, she should be better by now. This, this, is your, this is your fault. And so once we'd worked through that condemnation and, you know, just having this twisted perspective of God, we started to read the Bible more. Amazing what the world will do. You know, and it, it, sometimes just it's not sin, it's just that the busyness of life and the chaos of being sick or dealing with a sick person can rob you of your relationship with the Lord. And you're so right in what you say that faith works by love. Mm-hmm. We were just consumed and, by the you sickness. Know, and, and boy, were you talking, Carly, it's like that's just where Janice and I were mm-hmm. with Michael. And, 
Um, and what we did, God just led us to, I, we, would, we would give each other breaks. And I would watch my, in fact, I, I had a business at that time, and I turned the business over to someone, and I, I, we would give each other breaks because from Michael because that's all we would see sure. yeah. is, is, is what, the, what, what the enemy was doing. And we had to get apart, get in the presence of God, and then, you know, Janice would come back all pumped up, you know, and, and, and I'd be wore out, and I'd go get, you know, and, and so I want to encourage people that are in that situation uh, to find ways where you can, you know, get away from the situation so you can get in the presence of God and get God's perspective. Amen, amen. It's really you good. You know, time. I want to go back, Carly, to something you said just a little bit, a bit ago because there's kind of a trend right now in the body of Christ, um, certain teachers who are kind of promoting this, if you will, but uh, the trend is sort of to become an expert about your disease. You know? I've tried that. It doesn't work very well. Yeah, let's let's address that a little bit because um, it's like you're supposed to research, you know, why you have the disease and, you know, if you have arthritis, it's probably unforgiveness or, you know, if you've got cancer, you've got this, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying there's not some truth to things that these things that people come out with. And I've certainly seen um, um, unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and anger, and they seem to be really strong. At the same time, people are really sick with these things. And I can't help but see that there is sometimes a connection you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure that the, the, the mental, um, a mental frame of mind has a physical effect on our body. That's why there's no, it's no surprise that when people are really stressed that they have heart problems and high blood pressure. I mean, duh. You know, <laughs> it's pretty much simple. But I don't see Jesus in the Bible sitting people down saying, tell me how you feel. Let's get to the root. You know, I just don't see that in the Word. And why I think there are some connections between things, and when we're ministering to people, sometimes it's helpful. If we're, not, if we're ministering and not seeing any results, to dig a little deeper. I'm certainly not going to go looking for those things in people because I just don't see Jesus doing that. And the bottom line is, it's the truth that sets us free. The focusing on the truth rather than focusing on the past that sets us free. Yeah, and you know, the, the answer is the same. Whatever the issue is, you know, the answer is in Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. Now, if, if the Holy Spirit leads you to pray in a certain way or to, you know, to minister to someone in a certain way, that's fine. The Holy Spirit can show you something, can highlight something. You need to do this, you need to do that. But ultimately, the, the answer is always the same. It's in Jesus. My, my sister used to um, uh, be a bank manager, and um, they had lots of uh, fake money come through the bank all the time. And the way they trained their tellers was they just made them study. I mean, they were sick of it. They studied real money. That's all they did. Because if they study the fake, sometimes they show them some fake money, and they say, these ones are the, the latest ones out. Well, how many of you know, next week there'll be a new one out, and there'll be another one and another one. And there was hundreds of thousands of these fake bills out there. So they made them study the real bills. And my sister was so good. She, she knew a real bill so well. She could just touch a, a fake one and know it instantly, or just look at it and know it, because she studied the real thing. And that's where the, the answer's in Jesus. As long as, we, if we study the word and, stu- and you know, spend our time with the Lord, we don't need to spend all our time researching these diseases and things. Ultimately, all sickness comes from hell. All sickness comes from the devil. There's no, I mean, I'm just going to be black and white about it. Now, there's some sicknesses that are more directly linked, you know, to the devil's attacks and some are more physical and so, et cetera, et cetera. I know that. But ultimately, everything bad comes from the devil. Everything good comes from God. It's a real simple doctrine, but it works for me. I'm quite a simple guy. 
unfortunately, the church and religion have messed that up a little bit and, and, and twisted it a bit. Because, you know, when my daughter was, was sick, I, you know, I believed because I was religious. And, and you know, I had a, a, some church upbringing that, well, maybe it's God teaching you something. You know, maybe God's put this sickness on her to teach you something or to show you something. Maybe God's allowing it for his glory. You know, and I'm like, well, that's like me. You know, if one of my kids, if I say to my kids, hey, don't climb on the wall. And then they climb on the wall and fall down and bust their knee open. Then I'll go up to them and I'll love on them. But I'll say, hey, I told you not to climb on that wall. Now, I've taught them, right? I've taught my child, don't climb on that high wall. But I didn't push him down and make him bang his knee. So God can use sickness to teach us, but he never puts sickness on us. He never allows sickness. It's never his will for us to be sick. He's only got good things for us. And everything bad comes from the devil. So it's real simple. Ultimately, every sickness comes from the devil. Yeah, you know, in any ministry that teaches that there's always some kind of spiritual root, uh, it, it end, the, the problem with that is it ends, ends up getting our focus on ourselves. And uh, there is some truth. There have been times, a lot of times, many times, the Lord's asked me to help people process things in their soul sure. that were hindering either for unforgiveness, yes. especially unforgiveness, or unresolved things yeah. in relationships. But, uh, but for us to focus there gets our focus off the cross. And what we can do is, Lord, we're open if there's something in us that's hindering, then you show us, but we're not going to focus there. We're going to focus on you. If you tell us, hey, I want you to go get your relationship right with your dad or whatever, well, that's fine. But uh, if you don't show me something, I'm not, I'm not digging around there. One of the most beautiful things I think about the Word of God is in Hebrews 4.12, we know the Scripture well. It says that the Word of God is alive and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, sharper than a surgeon's knife. Amen? And what does it do? It, it shows you what needs to be corrected in your life. It shows you where balance needs to be. So if there's an area of unforgiveness, if you'll spend time in the Word of God, the Word of God will literally begin to divide that from your, from your soul it will begin to show you and tell you what you need to see and what you need to hear. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So the Word of God says it'll divide between spirit and soul, between, watch this, joints and marrow. So even your physical, even what's going on in your body, the Word of God can let you know. And when I'm saying the Word of God, we're talking spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. Amen? Because the Word is spirit. It's not just word. It's spirit. It's alive. It's powerful. And so I want to just admonish you today to don't become an expert about your sickness and about your disease. Amen? Become an expert in the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved. Amen? Spend time in the Word of God taking in what the Bible calls good medicine. Amen? And his word will be health to all your flesh. But if we become experts at chasing down every little symptom and disease, I mean, I've talked to people who've been doing research on their disease for years and years and years. And what it does is it puts the focus on the disease instead of on the word of God. I'm just thinking that scripture, Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't behave like the world behaves, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want your life to be transformed, then renew your mind to what the word says. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it really is. It's so take simple. Take the gospel. Yeah, the take a gospel. <laughs> like That's that. right. We have people who write in from the internet, and we wanted to share a couple of these stories. Carly's collected these for us today. Um, 
Maria uh, says she's been a Christian for many years, but just recently heard the grace message, was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and now desires to see the power of God, and has prayed for healing from members of her family, but has not seen any difference. She's the only Christian in her family that believes in grace and healing like she does. She would like to know why sometimes people get better when we pray, and sometimes why they don't. Also, can praying for people make them worse? We're looking at you, Greg. <laughs> you got the book. <laughs> we ain't got, we're not the author. He's, he's got the cheat sheet there. Uh, well, I think I just thought as a pastor, you know. I think, I think, yeah, I think prayer helps. I don't think it hurts. Uh, in fact, they did a study years ago of uh, just a. It was a, it was a non-religious study, but it was a scientific study in a major hospital of people that just believed in prayer and they had they had just group of people who were sick in their hospital and though and terminally ill and those that that believed in prayer had some kind of connection people praying for them those that didn't and those that did they and some of them don't even know the know the grace message and all all that Jesus has provided they got they they got better Amen. so i yeah i think there's a benefit for us you know anybody anyone's believing god but um there there's not one answer uh, when when you pray for people, I've prayed for lots of people and they've died. And uh, you know, one of y'all want to be be next in line? <laughs> uh, I have too. No, yeah. I mean I've prayed for people, uh, and some I've prayed for some people and they haven't received yeah. uh, for whatever reason. And I don't have the re- I don't know the reason all the time. God doesn't show me the secret things belong to the Lord, and. Uh, so sometimes it sometimes it has to do with people say they believe they're saying the right things, but what's in your heart? Right. And that's where I was with Michael. It was like, you know, God, I, I hear all these other testimonies, but you know, it's kind of like the guy prayed, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so I think humbling ourselves before the Lord and saying, you know, if there's any area that I'm in unbelief, uh, if there's any area that uh, that I'm not praying right or uh, I'm doubting, then I think, you know, you're, you're open for God to teach you. Uh, sometimes people, sometimes people get, get a vision of heaven and they just go on. Other, you know, other times we just give up because we get tired. You know, I don't, have you ever been there? Man, I felt lots of times like giving up, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not of that, we're not of that sort. Let me Amen. just give you a little bit of background on this, this lady. Um, it was quite a long email, so this was the snippet that was in it, and this may clarify a few things. But uh, it, it sounded like from her email that uh, she would, she, her family are all believers, but uh, um, fairly traditional church-type members, and she's just recently found the grace message and, and desires to see the things of God and start moving in the gifts. But there is some um, different teaching, up, some teaching that they've been brought up in maybe that doesn't really necessarily believe in the gifts and doesn't understand that it's God's will to heal today and just they haven't got the grace message. And so she's praying for her family members and those around her that are also involved in this and she's not seeing results. Do you think um, our, our, what we're believing, the, the person we're praying for, do you think what they're believing affects the results that we see? Oh, sure. It depends on, depends on their age. You know, a lot of times, if they're, of course, if they're your own children and are younger, you know, our faith really will carry them. But as they get older, what they, what people believe, 
matters. It's faith where, you know, comes by hearing the word. And, and so we, you know, what people believe will affect what they receive. There's a lot of people that doubt and, and you, you know, but their doubt and their unbelief with this lady, I would say, is it Maria? Is that Maria. With Maria, I would encourage you, Maria, if you're watching today, not, not to give up and not to allow the unbelief of your family and friends make your faith of no, no effect. Because it's, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's not going to change God's mind. You keep praying, you keep believing, uh, you keep praying for the sick, and God, and you'll see manifestations if you won't give up, and you won't go back based on someone else's experience. Um, you know, what's very important in, in to understanding healing is there's not much difference in receiving healing than there is forgiveness of sins. That's right comes in the same package. Yeah. And in my experience over many years of praying for people, folks would come down for healing and they would approach the prayer for healing like they're going to uh, a, a loan officer for a, for a loan that's, that's unsecured. And so they're just, they're kind of hoping, I mean kind of wishing, not even really, not even expecting. And but you know, if you guys have you guys ever received forgiveness of sins, okay? Or do you have any? Have you ever led anyone to the Lord? Okay. Did you have any problem knowing that that they could be saved, or they could they would be forgiven, or you would be forgiven when you came to the Lord? Well, what what was the basis of you receiving that? It's it's knowing that Jesus on the cross paid the full price for everything that I've done past, present, and future. And so healing is the same way. When they came, let the God uh, down through the roof, Jesus said, you know, uh, first of all, your sins be forgiven you. Take up your bed and walk. What did they get upset about? They got upset. Well, who who can forgive sins? Today, people get upset. Well, who can say that, you know, be healed? Take up your bed and walk. And then Jesus Ask a question I want to ask each of us today that will help us, you know, bring this in the, in the same light. He said, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or take up your bed and walk? Let me ask you that question. Which one's easier? Your sins are forgiven you, lift your hand. Your sins are forgiven you, is that easier? Take up your bed and walk, is that easier? Okay, can trick question, all right? <laughs> Neither. Neither one's easier. You know why? The same sacrifice paid for both. So we, when we come to God for healing, we come just like forgiveness of sins. It's already been on, put on deposit in our spiritual account. We just come. We know I'm not. It's already on deposit. I don't have to. You know, if I've got money in deposit in my, in my bank, you know what? I can be rude to the teller. Yeah. Right? I can. I could have been. I could have been, had a fight with a fussing with my wife before we went. Wrote the look. If I've got money in the bank, I write the check, mm-hmm. buddy. I got the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Spiritually, everyone here has on deposit in your in your spiritual account all the all the forgiveness, all the healing, everything that you need. All you got to do is write the check. The check is Lord. This it's mine. I take it. I'm writing it. I mean, I believe, uh, and I'm receiving. Yeah. Amen. 
Amen. You know, faith places a demand on the things that grace has provided. Well, we had Tanera up here a moment ago. I love that she brought her tennis shoes and put them in the car. I do too. You know, I mean, you, when, you look at, when you look at people of faith and, the, and people that have been healed, have, have come through that healing journey and come out the other side, there is always an ingredient that's, that's key in everyone, and that is their, their, their faith, their expectancy. And so often, you know, sometimes the reasons why people, I think people don't receive is because there's no expectancy there. Like Greg's saying, there's a hoping and a wishing, but that's quite different from a having and a taking. You know, and, and Jesus says time and time again, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. And there has to be, there has to be, when you, even when Jesus ministered to people, there had to be faith present. There had to be an expectancy and a wanting on their behalf to receive the things that he was trying to give them. You remember when he was in the town and he had to take the man outside of the town and he said he could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. Right. This was Jesus, the Son of God. He didn't have a faith problem. Right. Right. And yet he was limited because of their people's unbelief. That's really That's so key, Carly, because what often happens is we let people's unbelief become our unbelief. We let their rejection of the healing message somehow, you know, put water on our fire, you know? But we, when we see Jesus encountering unbelief, what did he do? It didn't change what he believed. Mm-hmm. See, he said he could only do just a, he could just heal a few sick folk, you know, scripture says. He couldn't do mighty many works. mighty works yeah. there, you know? But it, he didn't go back and begin to doubt his ability, see? And that's what we often do. When we encounter unbelief, we begin to think, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm just an inferior you know, prayer minister somehow. No, don't let their unbelief become your unbelief. Amen? But absolutely, it all works together, you know, to where uh, healing is, is received. Healing is something that is received. It's already been given, but it has to be received. So, Maria, we just want to say keep praying, keep ministering. If you're watching today, um, don't give up because it is a journey. It's a process. And especially with family members who are thinking differently, you know, as a proverb says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so if we don't think that healing is really for us today, that's going to influence uh, not only how we think, but how our body responds by our thinking, our thinking well, let me, process. Let me tag on to what, uh, what Carly, Car- Carly mm-hmm. said, uh, because there's, so, there's, well, many here. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through. There was an expectancy in her, just like Tanera last week. And I'm calling by the authority the Lord's given me, calling that faith and that expectancy to rise in you. Faith produces an expectancy, which is Bible hope. And if if you'll you'll allow that expectancy uh, to rise up in you, you will take action and move toward what already belongs to you. And that by itself is the action that will withdraw that healing that's already provided for you. Amen. Awesome. Amen. I'm just, awesome. I'm just thinking of this lady, uh, Maria, at home ministering to her family. And, you know, sometimes, especially if you, you've got some, some kind of revelation yourself and you, you know you've seen God be faithful, you've got something good. It's like when you first got born again, you were so excited. You want, you want everyone to have what you have right. because you know how good it is. But sometimes, especially with family members, 
It's like we can take grace and bash them with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have grace, but our delivery of grace isn't necessarily very graceful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can be a little bit aggressive in the, it, with good intentions, mm-hmm. but we can't convince people to receive the good things that God has for them. And, and the Lord just brought to my remembrance, you know, love never fails. Mm-hmm. If only we would love people into the kingdom and, and demonstrate the, the love of God to people, that's what makes faith effective. So I remember when we, were, when we were going through our, our deal with Hannah, you know, we'd gone around the bush so many different times and tried so many different things and worn ourselves out trying. And it wasn't until we got into the Word and got some teaching and actually saw for ourselves that God's a good God yeah. and he's a loving God and he loves us, we began to have a revelation of the love of God. And we did it by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, but once we realized God is so good and so loving, our faith became effective. Yes. And in a sense, it didn't matter if Hannah lived or died. That wasn't our focus anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was just on our relationship with the Lord. And out of that relationship with Jesus came every other good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that pertains to life and godliness comes through the knowledge of him. Yes. And just out of that relationship with Jesus, we saw our daughter healed. We saw our family set free. I mean, our whole family was changed. And we didn't go and bash them with the Bible and with Revelation and anything else and, you know, try and get them, convince them in some way. We mm-hmm. were just enjoying our relationship with Jesus. And other people looked at that and saw that it was good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and fruit came from it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think of the scripture verse two, it says the goodness of God leads to repentance. Amen. You know, when people begin to experience the goodness of God, it doesn't make them want to sin. It makes them want to not sin. You know, it makes them want to walk in godliness because they know how loved they are. And especially for us who have the grace message today, because we know that the sin issue has been paid for in full. Isn't it an awesome thing to be able to just live in the goodness of God and press towards the things of God. Amen? Amen. So if, if the world is going to experience the goodness of God, let me ask you a question today. How are they going to see that? How are they going to hear that? How are they going to experience that? It's got to be through you and me. We're the body of Christ on the earth. Amen. So how is, how is God's goodness going to be communicated? Through the church. Amen. And if there was ever an hour when we need to know we're loved because we can't really love other people until we know how much we're loved. When we begin to know how much we're loved, then out of that passion comes compassion for the lost, comes compassion for the sick. Amen. And whenever you watched the, the ministry of Jesus, whenever there was compassion, when it says Jesus was moved by compassion, we always see a miracle on the end of that thing. Amen. So I believe that it's really an awesome time to be alive right now. I believe that we're going to be seeing more and more healings, more and more miracles in the church and in the world, I should say through the church, because we're finally waking up to what scripture has all along declared. And that is that faith really does work by love. I think that's our word for today, Greg, you know, you know, one other aspect of that though, is once we're focusing on and receiving his love, you know, we're not a dead sea. Right. So the love of God and the understanding of God's unconditional love and grace is never complete if it stops with us. It's got to flow out. And so, you know, when we were going through that with Michael uh, and then subsequently whenever we've had physical battles, God would lead us to go pray for others mm-hmm. and go give away healing. Mm-hmm. Well, how can you do that when you need it? Well, mm-hmm. 
hey, we've got it. And, mm-hmm. and so I want to encourage uh, those of you here who need healing, who, who haven't received the full manifestation of it. I mean, when Michael was so sick, Janice went to the hospital, tried to find another baby or another child his age. And, and we just started, re- we started praying for others and giving away healing, moving, moving with that compassion, mm-hmm. yeah. that love. It's awesome. Awesome. It's like giving, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Amen. Another great question here. Daniel in Houston says, is it possible to receive prayer for healing through healing school from a different location, praying over the phone or by watching by the internet? This is an interesting concept because Psalm 107, one of my favorite scriptures says he sent his word and what? And healed them. So did you know that you can actually speak the word of God to some situation that's not even, you know, physically close to you, tangibly close to you, you can absolutely airwaves. I mean, we're seeing people getting healed every week watching online, you know? Well, what about the centurion yeah. servant? Yeah, exactly. Centurion in scripture. Amen. Just, just send your word. Amen. And she'll be healed. Just say the word and she'll be healed. So it's really about us as the body of Christ learning to speak out of the abundance of our heart, the word of the Lord. And when we have spirit and truth agreeing in us and then flowing out from us, it becomes something of power. We're not just spouting out some, you know, hocus pocus kind of stuff here, you know. This is the power of God in demonstration. This is the word of God that's alive and powerful. But because it's energized by the Holy Ghost, as it comes out of you, it absolutely accomplishes what God sent it to do. His word will not return void. Amen. Amen. You know, so Kelly. let me just say this and then jump in. Um, what we often do is we speak to God about the mountain. God says for us to do what? Speak to the mountain. Amen. So we need to be declaring with our mouth these things, healing, blessing, you know. Amen. Yeah. I was just going to give you a quick example. Uh, Carly prayed for someone at a conference. I think it was um, Phoenix, I remember rightly maybe three years ago, and it was a husband, and his wife was bedridden in bed in the hotel room, and he said, she can't make it down here. Oh, yes. Can you pray for me? Yeah. And Carly prayed for her her husband, who was there, physically there, and um, he went back to the hotel room. By the time he got back to the hotel room, she had no idea what was going on. By the time he, he got back to the hotel room, she was up and had got herself dressed for the first time in years, and the power of God, as Carly was praying for her husband, the power of God hit her in the hotel room, she just got up out of bed and got herself dressed. The husband and he fell over in shock and brought her back down and said, this is my wife who's bedridden. I mean, his praise goes. So the, the word of God's got no boundaries. With, if we can believe it, if we can believe it, we can receive it. You know, Amen. there's no boundaries with the word of God, how it works. Amen. And sometimes, you know, we, I think we were the ones that put the limitations yeah. on how we think God's going to move. Right. And, you know, I think it's Matthew 8.13 that says, um, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Mm-hmm. In other words, however you believe it's going to happen is how you receive it. And if we only believe that we can receive from God one way, then that's all we give God to work with. You know, Greg's written a book of 12 different ways to receive healing. Right. You know, sometimes we just need to take the limits of God. We've been asked to um, pray over prayer cloths before. Now, I don't know about you, but that's weird. I mean, I know it's in the Bible, but it's just weird. How I don't do know you how that works. pray over fabric? I know. It's like the, the, I don't know. I don't, anyway, it's in the Word, so it's good. But we, we've been asked before to pray on prayer cloths, and then this guy took... Um, the prayer cloth and laid it on a baby in ICU that had a, was on a ventilator and all different kinds of things. And the next morning, 
they were off the ventilator, she was totally healed. I don't know how that works, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I just know that God's bigger than me. Right. You know, and if we just take the limits off God, he can do things, you know, beyond our expectation, beyond our imagination. And as as you're spending time with the Lord, uh, not worry warting him anymore about, about what you've asked him about. You've already asked him. It's not wrong to go back and thank him, but as you're spending time in God's presence and uh, just receiving and basking in his love, uh, there may come a desire in you to do a certain thing or, yeah. uh, or to uh, act as, uh, uh, in faith a certain way. That might seem a little weird to you, but as long as it's, long as it's not uh, unscriptural, man, go for it. Yeah. Because, because, it, because really when Jesus would, in, when, when he ministered to people, he would engage them in some way. Now, it wasn't, there, it wasn't works, but he was in, involving them. Stretch yeah. out your hand. Yeah. Go wash in the pool. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, man, when Jesus ministry, I mean, he spit on people. <laughs> you know, it's like, man. So, uh, and, you know, go wash in the pool. Go, go show yourself to the priest. Right. You know, he engaged them in some way. So, like Carly said, though, get, get out of the box and just let God lead you. Amen. You pray, let him love on you, and then let him lead you. But we've got to have a relationship with God to do that. And yeah. so often I find, I've done this myself, that I've been so into wanting the healing, I've been just seeking the healing rather than the healer. And I've been seeking the provision rather than the provider. You know, and it's a relationship, guys. If you're married or if you've got kids, how many of you know you do things for each other and there's benefits to being married or there's benefits to, to you know, having, having children or whatever, but... That's what them benefits don't make up the relationship. You've got a relationship because you love each other, and then the other stuff's a byproduct. You know, if we will spend, if we get serious with God, and we spend time with Him, just loving Him for who He is, and allowing allowing Him to love us unconditionally, and not just go to Him seeking something. What can I get from God? What can I get from God? I'm telling you, the other stuff's a byproduct, and He will show you, like Greg said, He will show you what to do as you have a relationship with Him. But you can't shortcut the relationship. I don't think. I don't think there's no shortcut. I think there's a there's a fellowship aspect. Even Jesus didn't shortcut his relationship with the Father. He went and spent time away from the multitude, away from the ministry, away from work, you know, and spent time with his Father. And I believe he, he spent most of that time just letting the Father love on him and him just loving on the Lord. I don't think Jesus went to God with a, with a, a, long, you know, a, long, a shopping a list, list of a prayer list or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I believe the majority of our time fellowship with the Lord should be thanking him. I tell you guys, I don't, whatever situation you're in, you start thanking God for who he is yeah. and start thanking God for what he's done. I don't care Amen. what illness you've got or what financial situation you've got or what relationship problem you've got. You just go to thanking God for who he is and what he's done for you. Even if you're going to die, you're going to heaven, praise God. You start to thank God for that. It lifts your focus and your focus comes off of you and, and your problem. I'm not belittling anyone's problems, but let me tell you, compared to what God has done for us, yeah. our problems are, are small. Yeah. What you get God, a different perspective. Amen. What God has done, what Jesus has done for us, I'm telling you, you start focusing on that and start thanking God for that. You know, I started a journal. I started writing down and thanking God for things when I was in a, in a low point in my life, when everything came against me. I started writing down. I had like 50 things written down I was thanking God for. I got to running and shouting and just excited. And my situation hadn't changed. I was still at dire straits in my situation. I was still in a bad situation in the natural. But now my eyes were lifted up onto the Lord. And I didn't care whether I got a result or not. 
I was just so excited. Amen. And guess what? The result came. Amen. You know, Isaiah 26 says, He who has his mind stayed in the Lord is in perfect peace. Many people that I minister to that are sick are not in perfect peace. Their mind is entirely focused on the symptoms, on the physical, on the pain, on the situation, and there is no peace in that. Yeah, and then, then they come, people come with a whine in their voice. <laughs> They're complaining, murmuring. You know, it's, it's the focus is on, you know, what, you know, someone's, let, you know, God's letting them down or, you know, they don't, there's not any faith in whining and complaining. And like uh, Ashley said, if we'll just start thanking God, man, thank God for breath. Thank God for life. Thank God for his love for us. Just start thanking God for his goodness instead of focusing on what's not right you focus on God who is right, and I'm telling you, God will turn your situation around. Amen. When you magnify the answer, the problem shrinks. I was just going to say that. That's awesome. Amen. Must have been the Spirit. Must have been. <laughs> Carly, why don't you read what Daniel in Houston uh, wrote in? I think, that's the, I think that was the guy watching by Internet. But um, I have another one here. Okay. Uh, this is Christy, and um, she says, um, she says, first of all, I'm sorry to bother you. Let me tell you, you're not bothering us. All right? We love to hear from people. I got a, teleco- a telephone call from the Philippines about my mother. She almost says she's almost about to die tonight, but God he let her live again. She was half, she's been half paralyzed for almost 15 years. How can I minister to her, even if she is in the Philippines? Um, I can talk to her by telephone or through the Internet. Please help me. Mm-hmm. It's similar to, again, to what we were saying. She can still pray for her in the Philippines, mm-hmm. you know, and here's the other thing as well, that, you know, the ultimate, the love of God, if she doesn't, if this lady doesn't know the love of God or if she isn't born again, then that would be a great area to start, you know, to, to find out if she's got a relationship with the Lord and, mm-hmm. you know, and enter, enter into a relationship with the Lord, introduce her to Jesus would mm-hmm. be huge, I think. Yeah, amen, find out where her eternal soul is going to go. I mean, sometimes we can get caught up in, especially praying for, we want to pray for our relatives that, you know, healing becomes a major focus because that is the most debilitating issue they're dealing with but at the end of the day if we can slap a band-aid on somebody in this life and we don't know where their eternal resting place is going to be it's a waste of time right you know we need to we need to be sure of people's salvation right primarily yeah that's really true that's the greatest miracle of all isn't it amen amen mm-hmm. amen and then what do we have carolyn uh i think is the only one that we have left on our little sheet today that uh when i don't get what I don't get, Carolyn writes in, she says, what I don't get is how to recognize the difference between confessing the word in order to get to believe, convince yourself for healing or whatever, and confessing it because I already believe. <laughs> Been there? Chicken and the egg. Yeah. What came first? <laughs> Surely if we don't confess it, faith will never come. <laughs> I tell you what, I think that's where I lived my life for many, many years, you know. If Abra I just Kedabra. say it enough times, I'll yeah. finally believe it, you know. Yeah. Well, first of all, confession does not move God. This is really important. It really is. People think that if I confess enough, God's going to get, uh, you know, he's going to get fed up, fed up with me and say, oh, I guess I'm going to have to move. Yeah. Or if I get enough people praying, I'll get a prayer chain of 100 people praying and God said, you know, I wasn't going to move, I wasn't going to heal you, but you've got so many people praying now, you put okay, the pressure I, on me. I have to do it. Or hunger strikes. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll go fasting to hunger strike God and God's like, man, he's been fasting for, for three days now, I better move. Okay, that does not move God. Fasting, uh, confession does not move God. Okay, what it does is it moves us, it moves our heart, it moves our beliefs. But God's made up about us. 
He loves us. He wants good things for us. He's done everything he's going to do at the cross. So these things are for our benefit, I believe, for our heart, for us to respond to God better, not for God to move in our lives. God's already moved. He's not moving anymore. He's victorious. It said Jesus sat down. That means it's finished. He's done. He's done working. Now we've got to do is receive it. Now part of receiving it is confession helps to receive, I believe. I really believe that. And there's been times when I've doubted. I've doubted the word in my life. And I'll just get to speaking it out. And I'll just say, I thank you, Lord. I am blessed. I thank Lord you have got good plans for me. Now I don't know if by me, I know this for a scientific fact, when you speak something out of your own mouth and you hear it with your own ears, I think it's something like you're twice as more likely to believe it apparently. You trust your own voice more than anyone else's. So just in the natural, when you speak something out of your mouth, your brain's going to hear it and say, oh hang on a minute, he's going to hear it. The other thing is when you speak something out of your mouth, this is natural as well, when you speak something out of your mouth, it's very hard to think about other things. So, you know, I could give you an exercise now where you speak something out of your mouth and try and think something else, you can't do it. When you speak something out of your mouth, your brain listens to you. So these are just natural reasons why confession is good. But also, when I confess things, I know that it, change, it, it, it changes my heart. It helps me to believe it in my heart. But I don't know, sometimes I believe it in my heart, therefore my mouth speaks. I think sometimes that's the case. And sometimes I need to convince myself. I need to preach it myself sometimes and say, bless God, you are, you are blessed, you are healed, even though I don't feel like it, you know? Yeah. So there's a bit of both. One good thing about, if if you're confessing what the word says, you can't be speaking words of unbelief at the same time. So just in in the natural, that's that's a benefit. But I'm thinking now, I think it's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that says, I believe and therefore I speak. Mm. You know, that your confession should be, you know, out of of the outpouring of your heart. Life springs from from the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And... So there, there comes a point, and I'm thinking also that scripture in, in Romans, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And sometimes because of that scripture, people think it's like abracadabra. If, it's, if I confess I'm healed enough, eventually I'm going to believe it. But it doesn't really work like that because the scripture also says, I believe and therefore I speak. So while in one hand it may be useful to confess things so that, you're, you can't, like I said, you can't be speaking words of unbelief at the same time, that in itself, if there's no real belief in there, they're just empty words, mm-hmm. you could be saying, well, my feet are killing me. You don't, necess- you don't really believe that your feet are you know, coming up and strangling you. <laughs> you know, it's a saying. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, probably not in Colorado. It's always brown. But, you know, you see what I mean? It's, they're just empty words. Unless they're attached to a real belief in your heart, they're not right. going to profit you anything. Right. It's like you can confess the word, but, you know, in Hebrews it says you take the word and mix it with faith and it will profit you something. And that's the difference, with, I believe, with the difference between just confessing parrot fashion or confessing something because you really believe it. You know, faith has results. Taking the word and mix it with faith will bring results. Yeah, and some people think that, you know, well, if I confess the word, well, I'm lying. You know, or, or even some people have used confession like... You know, I'm not. I'm not sick. I don't have cancer. I don't. You know, I'm not having this problem. Denying that it's there. No, I'm not denying that. That that's a fact. What my confession is denying that fact to have final authority in my life. And what God's after, and what we need to do is exalt. We don't deny the facts. We don't say by our confession this problem doesn't exist. What we do is we. It, we uh, exalt the truth Amen. of God's word above, above the facts. Amen. I'm not denying the facts. I'm just saying facts, you may exist, but yeah. this is what I believe, and my God is greater 
than this cancer. Jesus is is higher than the C word. Jesus is greater than heart disease. Jesus is greater than paralysis. Jesus is greater than whatever I'm facing. And instead of instead of budding the the uh, truth with the facts, which a lot of people do because they'll get a report from a doctor and then because that's a fact and that guy's gone to school and that's what he's he's diagnosed, well, that becomes final authority to them. No, I respect you. I appreciate the fact that you've gone to school, but I've got, I've got, I've got a higher source of information here, and I've got a higher source of authority. Amen? Amen. I've got a higher source of authority. And so uh, I just tell people, you know, instead of butting the, butting the truth with the facts, well, I know God says by his stripes I'm healed, but the doctor says this. Let me tell you something. Whatever's on the other end of your butt <laughs> is what you really believe. Mm-hmm. Just rather say, you know what? Yeah, I know the doctor says this, but, and then you exalt Amen. the word of God, and you put that word over that, that fact. And if you keep exalting the truth above the facts, the truth will win out, and the fact will, will, will uh come under your feet, and will eventually leave your life, and you'll have a testimony Amen. just like we have here. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's awesome. We had a, that's, 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 the, that's the truth right there. We had a guy in church last week testify he was healed of cancer. He's not here, is he? You're not here, are you? You forget his name, Carly? Is it Tony? Anyway, he came to church last week and said, the doctor said to him, you got cancer, you're going to die. And he said, you know what? He said, I thought for a minute. I said, you know, I'm going to get a second opinion. He said, and the doctor respects him. He said, okay. He said, I'm going to go and talk to, to my friend. He's a physician. <laughs> so he got home. Awesome. He got home. He got, he got home. He started praying the Holy Ghost. He opened the word. He said, Father God, I need you. You're the great physician, Jesus. I need a word from you. And the Lord gave him a word. You're going to live and not die. And he said, you know what? The doctor said, I've got cancer. That might be the truth. But, you know, that might be a a truth, but the truth is, you know what, I'm healed. In my spirit, I'm 100% healed. I'm healed. Jesus healed me. And he just hung on to that, went back about, was it a week later? Totally cancer-free. You know, whatever you put put value on will become your reality. That's right. If you put value on the promises in this book, they'll become your reality. If you put value and precedent on what the doctor says, that is going to become your reality. What your body's telling you. Or or just looking at your symptoms. You know, pain on the inside of someone shouts loud. Yeah. And there, there comes a place where we have to hang in a minute. This may be, a, this may be, I really am feeling this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not going to just, just decide to ignore it. But you know, the, in James 4, 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Mm-hmm. And I think what so many Christians do is they'll submit to God, but then they try and ignore the devil and hope he's going to run away. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we take the word of God and we attack whatever it is that comes against us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. That's exactly what this man did. He said, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but I've got a higher authority. That's not the end of the story for me. You know, that's him resisting the devil. And the result was, he's cancer-free. I love that. The devil had to flee. He didn't have a choice. That is so awesome. I love the fact that he said, I want to get a second opinion. (laughs) That is powerful. Amen. When you first hear that report, (laughs) I think when you first hear that report, this is key to don't let it get in your heart. 
when you hear that negative report, I don't care oh, what it man. is, That's whether huge. it's a, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whatever it is, when you have that first report, don't let that report into your heart. Don't take that and say this yeah. is it. Okay, and this is why you need to have, you need to be established in the Word. There's no shortcut. You need a living relationship with the Word of God, with Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Have a living relationship with Jesus. Then when something comes against you, say, hang on a minute. No, no, see, because I was reading the other day. That's not how it's going to be. Right. And it's, you need that response. When, when a weapon's formed against you, like I said, you shall condemn it. You shall put it down and say, no, bless God, that's not going to happen to me. That's not, I'm not going to receive that. And we were in a minister's conference years ago. Bob Nichols preached a message, the first report is not the last report. In other words, you know, the doctors, they know what they're doing, and thank God we can use doctors. And, but the bottom line is they're not final authority. Just a few weeks later, uh, Andrew's son, Peter, died. And they, they heard that report, and they were driving down to, to the springs here from their home, and they, uh, Andrew and Jamie just refused. They remembered that, that uh, word that Bob Nichols said, the first report's not the last report. And they just refused to allow that first report to, have, to get in their heart, like, like Ashley said. And they just started exalting the word, started praising God. He actually had been dead for four or five hours. They got down here. God raised him up. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Praise God. The first report is not the last report for you. This is God's report. And who shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? To whoever believes his report, Isaiah 50, verse 1. To whom shall the arm, strong arm of the Lord be revealed? To whomever believes his report. You don't deny the report of the doctor. You just deny it to have final authority in your life. And you believe this report above every other report. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Well, you know, we could, we could sit here and do this for hours, you know, but we can't because our time is up and we want to be able to uh, allow plenty of time to be able to minister. And so uh, thank you for being such a gracious uh, audience today to listen to us and uh, be able to tie in spiritually speaking with us. Uh, I felt you guys pulling even as we were sharing today. Do you guys feel that? Uh, so many times as we were sharing, I just felt, you know, that you were really just pulling on, on the gift of God in us to be able to uh, answer these questions. And so thank you so much. Greg, thank you for being a part of this today. We appreciate you so much. You know, I just want to say, Daniel, um, I, I really appreciate your leadership of the school of healing uh, that, I mean, there, the, it's opened a door to so much uh, in so many places. Amen. And you guys, as you're receiving, you make sure and give it, a, give it away to others. It's, yes. not just, it's not just for you. It is for you, but it's for you to give away to others. But let me, let me say this. To, today, Amen. there are several people just like the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, if you will just with expectation say, just like Tanera did last week, right. I'm coming to receive what Jesus 
already provided for me yeah. and nothing stopping me, yeah, not my on. mind, no. not my symptoms, right. not my circumstances, Amen. not any report. Mm-hmm. I'm coming today. Yes. You will not be disappointed. Amen. Jesus already has it for you. And as you, as you stretch toward that and you press toward that, you're going to find the same power that was available to her, the yes. same power that was available for Tanera is, is equally available for you because God's no respecter of persons. He loves you, Amen. and he has, he has complete wholeness and healing for you. And I just, I just release that faith and that expectation Amen. in you today. Amen. Amen. Carly and Ashley, thank you, as always, for being a part of this today. Appreciate you both so much. You're such a blessing. Um, Greg, would you pray? Did you have a? Oh, yeah. Let's have it. Let's share it real quick. Praise God. One of our prayer ministers, uh, Janet Palmer, prayed for a young girl in the break room with Tourette's syndrome a few minutes ago, about 25 minutes ago. And uh, she appears to be completely healed of all the symptoms Praise of God. the Tourette's That's awesome. syndrome. That is awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, praise God. So I would love for Greg to uh, lead us in a prayer. Would you do that, Greg? I just, uh, as you were sharing just now, I just really sense the anointing uh, of God just flowing out on this. Uh, You know, there's a lot to be said about expectation. You know, a lot to be said about what are you expecting. Amen. Amen. So let's just, let's pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray for uh, not only those that are here. Good. those online. that are uh, watching online, awesome. uh, let me tell you something. There's no distance in prayer, as, as uh, Daniel and Ashley and Carly have shared today. If, the, if the, that uh, centurion could uh, come and Jesus say, I'll come and heal your servant, he said, it's not necessary. You speak the word only. Yeah. I'm telling you today, just through, the, just through uh, this media of, of uh, internet, we can speak this word. And if you will take some step, if you will s- step, get up out of your chair, reach out your hand, just reach your hands to the Lord, whatever. If you'll take whatever step God's leading you to take uh, in, in exercising your expectation, you'll receive. There's no problem. God, God's healing power is available for you today. So I, I release the faith of Jesus. That already, his his sacrifice was already accomplished to over two thousand years ago for everyone listening to my voice today. I'm just the messenger releasing the power that was been made made available because of the cross. We're, we don't have to uh, we we don't have to beg for this, Lord. We just expect what you did. 2,000 years ago, what you did for Ashley and Carly and for Hannah, for Michael and Janice and myself and, and multitudes of others, what you did for Tanera, what you, what you did, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. And I, I speak healing power to be released, the healing power of Jesus that's already been provided. I release it to every person who is in need. In Jesus' name, I release with confidence uh, the faith of Jesus in your heart to receive. Simply receive what God has provided. And I announce to you 
that your kidney problems are over. I announce to you that your bladder problems are over. I announce to you your feet are healed. Your hips are being whole. Arthritis is, arthritis is leaving your body. Pain is going. Tumors are withering in the name of Jesus because His powers has already been released at the cross. We just announce what you've already done, Lord, and we declare what you're speaking to our hearts. Even now, Father, heart problems are leaving. Cancer is dying in the name of Jesus. Cancer, listen to our voice. Leave these bodies. Leave the body of Christ. Tumors are dissolving in the name of Jesus. Brain cancer is being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Those who couldn't walk uh, straight, there's just uh, an imbalance going on. And I, I release balance to you in the name of Jesus. I release wholeness to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we want to thank you. Come on, those of you who are here and at home, lift your hands and just begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Just begin to praise him. Thank you, Lord. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him for what belongs to you. Begin to thank him for what belongs to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. You are the healer, Lord. We praise you for paying the price. Thank you, Lord, for fully, fully accomplishing what needed to happen. Lord, we bless you today. I'm just hearing in that someone's been healed name. in their gallbladder. Thank They've been you, having uh, pancreatitis. This is a problem that's come back and back and again and again. I'm just hearing someone's been healed in their gallbladder and their pancreas. And someone, someone else with macular degeneration... These conditions have been affecting their eyesight for years, and they're being healed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive that, Lord. We thank you. I, mean, I feel there's someone here that feels they're unworthy. There's someone here you feel like you're unworthy to receive, and you're saying this is for everyone else. What I've done is I'm not worthy to receive. I'm telling you, you're not worthy. Jesus made you worthy. You are 100% worthy. You are, you are standing in the place of Jesus today. And Jesus made you 100% worthy. So if that's you, if you've got that thought, that lie in your head that you're not worthy to receive, I'm telling you, you are 100% worthy. Jesus loves you so much. He died for you. And you, you need to reject that thought right now and replace it with the truth. And the truth is Jesus made you worthy to receive everything heaven's got for you right now in Jesus' name. I'm hearing someone has just severe sinusitis. Your sinuses are just messed up in the name of Jesus. The Lord is healing that for you right now. This is not just a simple cold. Uh, Obviously, God's capable of healing that. But this is severe sinus issues. You are healed now in Jesus' name. Receive that. Receive that now in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, just receive that. Praise God right now. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Just begin to receive that. Amen. Just reach up and grab it. It's yours. Praise God. Reach up Praise and take what God. belongs to you. Hallelujah. Healing's yours. Yes, it's Lord. your inheritance. It's who you are. You know, Jesus lives on the inside of you. Healing lives on the inside of you. It's who yes. you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, someone uh, has been barren. Uh, you've, you've tried to have children. You, can't, you haven't been able to have children. I, I've announced to you that Jesus is healing 
your womb. Yes. He's already provided it, but when yes. he's releasing it today, that he we're releasing it today. Yes. The healing power of God is, is turning your barrenness yes. uh, and, your, and your mourning into joy. Yes. Now you go do the word and you watch and see. Yes. Uh, you, you take action on this and you watch and see. You'll, you'll have Praise a child within a year. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Yes, we do. We thank you for Hallelujah. healing that barrenness in the name of yes. Jesus. Hallelujah. Brian and Becky, I declare that over you in the name of Jesus right now. That's a word from the Lord for you right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody just needs to get excited right now with expectancy that God has healing power for you. Amen. That God has healing power for you. For you. For you. The power of the Lord is present here. To heal you Thank right you, Lord. now. Thank the you, power Lord. of the Lord is, is here present. right now. Yes. Thank the power you, Lord. of the Lord is here to heal you right, right now. now. Yes. The power of the Lord, Lord is here to heal you right, right now. now. Thank the you, power Lord. of the Lord, Thank you, Lord. is being released Thank you, Jesus. in this place yes. to heal you, Thank you Lord. right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe that and receive that. Richard, bring, uh, would you bring the parents up uh, real quick? We want to share this testimony real fast. Praise God. This is Ed and Helen. Praise the Lord. Tell us what happened out there. Good to meet you, Ed. Helen, praise the Lord. Was this your first time to the healing school? Yes. And, and where did you come from? Uh, from, Al- from Rio Rancho, New Mexico. It's north of Albuquerque. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. So glad you guys could make it. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us, yes, you talked to me on the phone. Yeah, praise the Lord. How many weeks ago was that? Oh, it was about a month ago. About a month ago, yeah. Praise God. So glad you're here. You guys are beaming. Oh, yeah. What, tell us what happened. Well, I don't know if any of you could hear my daughter. We were sitting right over here in this area. She's pretty loud. She has Tourette's syndrome. And, and uh, we've been dealing with that for, it's ruined our lives for the last three and a half years. Just, you know, it's been a struggle watching her suffer. And, yeah. um, we, had to, we had to exit and we were watching from out there and Janet came up and uh, a couple other ladies, I don't remember their names right now, I'm sorry. And then just just prayed with us and just commanded it to leave and told Carly, my little daughter, to take authority and command it to leave her body. And she she hasn't made one sound yet. It's been like 20, 20 minutes. Three and a half years to deal with that is pretty rough. I don't know if anybody knows what Tourette's can do to a family, but it'll bring you to to your wits end. It'll drop you to your knees. And I mean, we tried everything: diet, doctors, medication. And it just got worse and better and worse and worse than that. And and just lately, is it just you know, mostly me. I haven't been able to deal with it. And I've been suffering, and I turned to the Lord, 
I've been a Christian for about a year, born again. And I mean, my, my first intention wasn't just to get her healed. I just got tired of the way life was and, and the way I was going. And she had already had Tourette's, and that was just another part of her problem. And when I saw Andrew Womack talk about teaching one day on the TV, I, it just, I had never heard that before. And I, I was shocked because nobody's ever told me that before. And I started studying. And I got some stuff, and I decided we'd make a trip here spring break. No matter, nothing's going to get in the way. We're coming here spring break, and and it just happened. <laughs> Is someone with your daughter right now? Yeah, yeah. I have two sons there. Okay, well, I want you guys to hang on here for a little bit, because we're going to pray for you, too. You know, Lord, and just, um, we're going to ask God just to bring refreshing. Amen. Amen. Just refreshing right now. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask our prayer ministers to come forward uh, now that are scheduled to pray for today. Come on up here, you guys. Praise the Lord. What an exciting day in in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at all these wonderful people that have that have been so excited to be able to agree with you. You know what? These are people who believe this. These aren't doubters. These are believers. Amen? And they believe the word of God. That we've, we have seen God do amazing things. God is so good, so faithful. Amen? You know, the devil often is a dream thief. He comes to steal your dream. He comes to steal the word out of your heart. But praise God. Bible says when you catch a thief, he's going to repay sevenfold. Well, I'm telling you what, he's going to repay sevenfold. Amen. We're seeing God do amazing things today. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, those of you who are ready to receive healing today, I want you just to get up out of your seats and come in the aisles, and the ushers here in the front will help direct you. And, and uh, as we have prayer ministers available, uh, they will uh, pray with you. And we're here for the long haul today. This doesn't, we don't give this five minutes and then we're done. Amen. We're going to be here as long as we need to be here. Praise the Lord. So we're excited to be able to pray for you. And for those of you who are watching online, we want to just say already we're so grateful for you tuning in. And also for the prayer that's been prayed over you, we want to just encourage you to uh, email us, write us, you know, let us know what's happening in your home and how God has ministered his healing power and anointing to you and to your family. And let's give God the glory. Amen. And those of you who are here today, don't forget to fill out a praise report because your testimony is going to be an encouragement to somebody else. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, thank you for coming. God bless you. And as you're here in the auditorium, let's just begin to continue to give, uh, you know, encouragement to these who are getting ministry. Keep your faith turned on, and we're going to just be a, a blessing today. Amen? Praise God.